Hey, and welcome back to the Passion Podcast. Today's guest is a great one. The lovely Charmaine speaks about her story with overcoming chronic illness related to her menstrual health, how she became obsessed with herbs and how these helped her to heal and also launch a business. Charmaine is the founder of Biddy, a modern apocotherapy and lifestyle brand. She originally trained as a performance artist, writer and director and became interested in mind, spirit, body health through her preparation and training for the stage. She created Biddy as an ode to the life lessons she has learned along the way with the goal of assisting women on their journey to improved health and internal well-being. She's combined both her creativity and business acumen to inspire and produce products that enrich and improve the female experience. She's also a mama of two, so she shares some really great advice for fellow caregivers needing to carve out time for their passions. It really is a wonderful episode full of gems, so please make sure you listen to the end. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review as this really helps. And you can even screenshot the episode and share that you're listening over on Instagram. You can tag us at thepassionpod.co and you can tag me, Salma Abalila, as well as Charmaine and Biddy. All our handles are in the show notes. Now, let's bring on Charmaine. Welcome, Charmaine, to the Passion Podcast. So good to have you here. Thank you. Um, I love the pink jumper, by the way. Really cute. Thanks. It is actually like my, like it's my home jumper and I just live in it. So I thought, you know, I was going to put something really nice on today and I just thought, I just want to be snuggly. It's snowing. It's a chic kind of jumper to to have as like a comfy jumper I like that all my like comfy stuff are like old rags so it's nice to have something like (laughs) it is definitely raggy no it's gorgeous I love it baby bits and all sorts (laughs) but yeah I just I'm so attached to it (laughs) it's so pretty I love it um just to give the listeners a little bit of context so Charmaine and I have sort of we've been in touch quite a bit I feel like on on Instagram um, and I found her amazing tea brand through a mutual friend um, and ever since I've been basically ordering it for everyone that I know for their um, birthdays <laughs> and I've ordered some for myself um, which actually got shipped today I saw I got the email through Um, yay yay yeah I'm excited uh, to receive that and actually (laughs) try the tea um so yeah Charmaine it'd be great first of all if you could just give us a bit of background on Biddy and the tea and what it's all about sure um okay so Biddy is a modern apothecary and lifestyle brand 
And um, I launched last year, just uh, sort of pandemic in the sun. We launched with our first product, which is a 100% natural women's wellness tea. And it's to help um, women with PMS and just various issues in the menstrual cycle, like, um, you know, healing womb health, um, to help with cramping, mood swings, all that kind of thing. So um, yeah, we've launched with the tea and then the goal is to kind of expand into other like apothecary products and then also have like a full suite of, um, you know, different things available for women to kind of help with their well-being in general. So we're going to move into courses and, um, you know, I just want to create like a bit of a community around the company, really. Which is incredible. And I think it's so amazing to have that purpose behind the tea because obviously a lot of teas exist and I think we've sp spoke about it obviously you love tea I'm a massive fan of herbal teas but it's really yeah. good to have that sort of purpose to be able to yeah she's got her tea there I didn't actually have time <laughs> to make a cup of tea I'm so gutted um I always like to have a nice little cup of tea it's like my little comfort tea yeah. you know like if, if I'm feeling a little bit like nervous I'm like have a sip of tea and it's all good um, exactly but yes. it, it would be good to just understand a little bit behind the purpose and, and what led you to creating, yeah, the, the tea that, that helps women with their menstrual cycles. I know that you've got an incredible story sure. um, and your own sort of struggles and how you've kind of come through that with, with your menstrual health. So it'd be good to go into yeah. that. Yeah, so, um, okay, so for a long time, I've suffered with my period health, and um, I was having like very extreme hormonal uh, ups and downs throughout my menstrual cycle. And I didn't always necessarily link that to my period, but I just knew when it was due on time that I was like really struggling. And particularly when I got into my relationship with my husband in the earlier days, we would just have these like you know, real meltdowns where I'd be so emotional and highly strung. Mm. Um, and then basically I had my children, I had two babies in my late twenties. And what we started to notice was that when I was pregnant, I was really at ease within myself. And there was mm. like, you know, everything was just smoother and calmer. So obviously I started to really relate it to my periods and my hormones. And then when I, after breastfeeding, my periods came back, like the um, PMS came back with a vengeance. It was like worse than ever before. Mm. Um, so that combined with postnatal depression, it was just, there was a lot going on. Um, so uh, it was my husband who said to me, do you think you've got PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder? And um, at first I was like, no, like that, you know, that's impossible. It's, that's not me. That's an extreme thing. Mm. Um, but as time went on more and more and I read the symptoms, I really began to identify with the condition. Um, so I kind of self-diagnosed really in a way. And then um, it got so bad um, that my anxiety was basically just out of control. I couldn't really um, contain it anymore. And it was one afternoon, I, I was fine. And then my period came. And then by the end of the day, I was hysterically crying on the floor. Mm. The children were in the other room. And I, I basically called my husband and said, I, I want to kill myself. Like, I feel that bad. Mm. Um, which, you know, obviously, it's just awful situation, particularly with the kids there. Yeah. Um, and I just said, I had enough. Like, I need to go and sort this out, like, once and for all. I'm, I'm prepared to do whatever it takes to, to, to address this. Um, so, yeah, I went to the doctor and he... Um, 
they diagnosed me with PMDD and postnatal depression. And right. um, I went on to um, antidepressants, which is something that they do give to help with PMDD. And I've been offered antidepressants before in the past, but I've never felt the need to kind of go down that road. I've always gone down a holistic approach. Okay. Um, but it felt like things had got too much, too overwhelming. Yeah. And I think being a mother, you get to the point where you realize this is, you know, it's serious now. Like I've got people that depend on me. Yeah. So I was prepared to take the um the pills, but in one condition with myself that was that I was going to really address my mental health mm-hmm. and that I was going to start to be more open about it and basically admit that this is something that I'm battling you know because I think in the past I knew that I had some issues but I think with the stigma around mental health I never really um spoke out about it I never really acknowledged it properly I never Mm. gave it the real time of day it was more of like a private battle that I had with myself and I would go see therapists on and off but I never really was like owned it and was like this is what I've got this is who I am Um, so that was a decision that I made and I think that's the most powerful thing that you can do because I'm, I'm the same in that I, um, and it's, it's so weird because I, I told you I've joined this um, business course before the call and we've just had uh, a call with like 30 of us and um, the whole kind of session was about sharing uh, why you joined the course and what your idea is. So we gave this little presentation um, and we didn't know before before the session. So we didn't prepare anything. And I started crying um, in front of like 30 Mm. people on this call. Um, So if Mm. I look a bit teary eyed, that's why. But but I think the reason why is it, it wasn't like from a sad place. It was from a place of I've come so far because a big part of the reason that I started passion pod is because I struggled with my own mental health issues uh about yeah uh, over a year ago now and I didn't know how to talk about it and and I'm still very much working through that process and you know this is so cathartic for me to have these conversations with people like you who are open and vulnerable Mm -hmm. and you know willing to share that journey because I think it's something that a lot of us face um and without being able to discuss it and talk about it and yeah just be Mm -hmm. real with each other then we're not going to get anywhere so that's incredible to hear that you you know took on that sort of internal you know challenge and went no I'm going to start opening up about this and and I'm guessing it's helped you right yeah massively it's helped and just a little word on that um you know first of all well done on your doing your course because you know it's a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful thing when we do take the time to recognize that we have done well and that we have over that's a beautiful thing to give ourselves that grace um but it was actually weirdly the princes and um uh Kate Catherine um mm. <laughs> the Duchess of Cambridge yes Good they started Kate. a charity <laughs> heads together Good old Kate, Harry and Will, and their charity heads together. And I remember their campaign. They basically wrote in loads of celebrities and, you know, people in sports and I think like David Beckham was one of them and all these different people. And it was basically a whole campaign about coming together and people speaking out about their mental health. And that's what helped me because 
it was that campaign that made me go, oh my God, like it really is okay to admit that you've got mental health issues. And it sounds crazy now because I think we have come away, like in the last couple of years, I think there has been a shift. And, you know, with social media, I think people are more open about mental health. But honestly, I don't remember it being a thing that people really spoke about. There was still so much stigma around it. It's not been that long since people started opening up and saying, actually, I have this and that it's become normal to have anxiety, depression, you know, trauma, all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, that campaign spoke wonders to me and, and that it was what they did. They said, let's talk about it. And so that changed me. And, you know, ultimately that leads, you know, it's a collective thing because, then you, the more people start opening up, then, you know, it continues on. So I'm like really sure. grateful to that for sure. And having people, you know, like, you know, uh, celebrities or whatever that you identify with, that you've grown up with, turn around and say, well, I've got this, you know, and they might be the most successful people in your eyes, but we all have our struggles. So, and that, yeah, it was like really. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're doing with your tea, right? Putting that message behind the tea that this isn't just Mm -hmm. you know it is a tea that you can drink at any time I'm guessing but it's it's rooted in getting women to connect with their menstrual cycles I believe is that yeah yeah definitely and so so kind of moving forward in terms of um like the tea and how I came to it so obviously I was having the menstrual health issue um, and at the same time, so I was going on this journey of like, you know, I went plant-based. Um, I started kind of like really starting to take care of myself, understanding self-love, understanding about nurturing, you know, working through a lot of things. And um, at the same time, I was trying to build my business. And I saw, um, so the skinny me tees, there's a couple of women that have made some, you know, some real success in that build yeah um but and I was so I loved the way I loved their business model and I lo- I was like interested in how they got to making a successful business on Instagram and online mm-hmm. um but there was a whole backlash with the skinny meaties and kind of the messaging behind it the way they were promoting the tea you know be skinny um and it was funny because I kind of was like well that's crazy that people are so negative about these teas because people have been cleansing for the longest time, you know, is the, the products that are in those teas are not bad for you. Yes, the messaging and right. the way that they, they're maybe promoting it, but to cleanse the body, to cleanse the soul, to heal, you know, that's a beautiful thing. And, I, and it was crazy to me. I was like, why is tea being having such a backlash? Yeah. It's okay to, um, to, to cleanse with tea. And I love tea, as we've already mentioned. Yeah. And I have been seeing a herbalist on and off for years like I've always oh, wow that's interesting. in herbalism holistic therapy yeah like my first trip to a herbalist so again it's kind of um, linked into uh, womb health as well but I used to get quite a lot of cystitis and things like that mm. and I ended up it got kind of chronic and so the doctor diagnosed me with like um painful bladder syndrome right. which you know they didn't really know what was wrong with me they'd send me for t- test they put me on antibiotics which just you know stripped my body of all its goodness and Mm. it was just an awful time and I sometimes I'd be doubled over in pain like screaming on the floor because it was so painful and uh, I couldn't couldn't get to grips with what it was so anyway randomly I found this herbalist I think it's for a yoga studio or something and I went to visit her 
And she literally, like, she listened to her list. Yeah, I was just, I think I was living in Stoke Newington. It was just like back in the day, you know, like a sign on a window. I think, oh, I think wow. the lady in the shop said to me, oh, I've started seeing this herbalist. She's amazing. She lives on a barge and I'll never forget her. And she, she literally like listened to my whole life story. And she explained to me about, um, you know, when we were cavemen and um, how we would deal with trauma then. And then how in the modern world, we're not geared up to um deal with trauma in the same way that we used to like we don't come down um mm. in you know our hormones they stay at this heightened level so she was explaining a lot of things to me which made a lot of sense and she literally just said right you need to go on like no sugar no dairy no wheat no gluten like she just put me on this like plain diet and mm. she just gave me this like massive bag of pure herbs and she was like like basically you just drink tea wow. all day long what just so, all yeah and types I, of herbs were they yeah she just she had okay. all these herbs in this barge and she just would like she just filled up this bag this is this such a cool story i want to see this woman <laughs> i know like a witch <laughs> she is amazing sort of yeah literally. yeah love it yeah and and it, it it literally changed my life she was the person that told me um to stop wearing pants in bed at night okay and she it's said just... to me you know how do you wash yourself and I was like well you know I use soap and water and she was like stop that now she was like you do not need to wash your vagina basically oh, wow. and it's when I began to re reconnect the dots that you know what we do what our mothers pass down to us tends to be something that we just do. Mm. So my mum always had cystitis. My mum always had bad periods and it was always just normal. We just, just suffered through it because yes. that's what you did. Yeah. It was what you did. It was just how we were. We, we were just those people that had bad periods. And it was also, know? I feel um, like then, quite taboo. Like I even, I don't even remember chatting about like my periods and stuff at school with like my friends and I don't, even now to some degree, I'm like only just because of the work of people like yourselves, like, no, we, we should talk about this stuff. Like, what's your period like, right. you know, like, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's a bit like talking about this, the, the mental health thing, but it's almost difficult for me now to imagine a time where it was a stigma to talk about your periods, but it was, and it very much is for so many women you know, around the world. So yeah, like it's a very real thing. And going back to what we do, basically it just gets passed down through generations. So we tend to follow what our mothers tell us and, you know, that could be about anything. Um, so for me, I just, my mum taught me that, you know, you're supposed to wash down there. And so I did, and, you know, feminine hygiene products and all these things, like you just believe it to be true because it's on a shelf and somebody, you know, yeah. a brand is selling that. You believe that to be an okay thing because you trust in these products, you trust in these brands and nobody tells you that actually like your most natural smell, your most natural health is fine. It's good. It's okay to sweat there. It's okay to have stuff in your pants. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you, it's normal, For but sure. when you're young, you don't know. So basically what I did was exactly what she told me. 
And I've never had, I have flare ups every now and then, but I've never had an attack ever since. I've never taken medication for it since. I have been so much better in my womb health since seeing her. So I knew then that was like the path of me beginning to go down that path of herbalism, healing through tea, understanding. I I guess it was like the beginning of my healing process, really, because that was in, you know, my mid twenties, I would say. Um, So yeah, going back to, oops, sorry. I was going to say, tell us what herbs are in your tea. What what herbs? Okay, so yeah, did you use? Yeah, so why? um, It'd be good to know, sort of, yeah, which parts they help with. Sure. So um, initially, we started out with the rose tea. So it's got rose petals and rose hip, Um, and I discovered that rose is fantastic for womb health um and so I started experimenting with the rose tea and what I began to notice was that when I drink it on my period I'd get this like hot flush but it was a lovely hot flushing feeling because you know when we, we you know our temperature kind of rises when we were on our period and so when you drink it it just felt um almost like analgesic like like a you know yeah and it, it gives you that little flush a bit like you know when you have an alcoholic drink you just get that yes, sort of that flush feeling and it feels really yeah. nice yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like exactly. the first tip so, <laughs> <laughs> there you go um so that was with the rose and I kind of kept drinking it for a few months and I was like right I love the color I love the smell I love the way it made me feel. Um, and then from there, I started working with our um, manufacturers and then we decided on the hibiscus, which again, I began to realize that hibiscus is an extremely powerful herb. Mm. Um, it's a great uterine tonic. So it really helps with like, you know, expanding the uterine muscles when we're, when we're contracting. So when we have period pain, our muscles are contracting. And, it, you know, if you've had children, it does equate to child, the beginning of childbirth. It feels like that. It's like having a small contraction. Oh, wow. So the hibiscus really helps with that. It's incredibly powerful um, herb. So and yeah, we had the hibiscus flavor in there. As well. then, I love, I love hibiscus. It tastes delicious. Oh, yeah. It's okay. our most predominant herb in there. So oh. like that's what gives it its real kind of like flavor. Amazing. And especially when you drink it cool in the summer, it tastes, yes. it tastes really nice. Yeah. So yeah, we put that in there. And then we've got chamomile. Um, which obviously chamomile is like great for anxiety. It's good for inducing sleep. Um, so again, like if you suffer with kind of mood swings and kind of, you know, it just, I think it just brings you down a notch. So we've got chamomile and then we've got ginger, which I put the ginger in to give it a little bit of heat. Love Ginger's that. fantastic all round for like just your overall wellness. It's great for like, again, soothing cramps. Um, it just gives it that little bit of spiciness. Yeah. And then I've got... Um, uh dandelion leaf and we've got raspberry leaf as well so both of those are like really brilliant for like again uterine cramps fantastic for pms hormonal balancing um and then you've got all your like vitamin a c d in there like it's all just really good for you wow um so combining all of that together yeah it's like a super magical (laughs) elixir period power tonic yeah Yeah, oh my goodness i literally seven ingredients I know it's got seven ingredients in it, which again, I pushed for that because I wanted to give it like, you know, the maximum benefits as possible. And you can buy like, you know, I think Pucker Herbs have got a lovely um, women's tea and you can buy women's 
teas naturally, you know, in the little pack or whatever. But you tend to find it's not that many ingredients. And the tea is like more like the fannings, whereas like in our tea, it's 100% loose leaf. Even in the tea bags, nothing's been crushed down. It's just pure loose leaf. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just it's just a natural like I did with the herbalist because that's what I would do for years I would go to the herbalist and I'd pick up my tea you know wherever oh, really? I live I'd find really? a local herbalist I and that's where that. I'd go get my tea okay yeah so, so that's you... what I wanted to do I wanted to create a brand that kind of makes that a little bit more... Kind of more into this accessible as yeah. well right like exactly. not everyone knows the local herbalist or would know how to yeah. blend those things together so yeah that's exactly beautiful. exactly yeah so that's what I wanted to do and and basically going back to kind of you know the skinny me teas and stuff I wanted to create something that was like you know tea is a beautiful thing it's a ritual as you were saying earlier it's a comfort to many people um, and to some people you know maybe coffee drinkers or whatever coffee is like a terrible thing for your period health it's got caffeine in it um, it does no good for you in terms of your period issues. So, you know, I'm trying to bring tea to people and say, look, like drink this throughout your period. Um, it's going to soothe you in some way. And some people have got extreme menstrual symptoms. Some don't. Some people just literally just like it because it's a lovely ritual to do on your period. It's just a lovely thing to do. Like, oh, I've got my bleed. Well, I'm going to have a little moon tea and it's really lovely. And I've heard stories from different people. Um, like one mum, she bought it for her teenage daughter. And she says, oh, you know, I'll make her up her moon tea when she's coming on a period. And I just think that's so lovely that like the mum and daughter are able to share this experience where it's like the mum can give her something to soothe her. 100%. And I've had a few mums that have bought it for their daughters that tend to be, you know, in their now menopausal stages, okay. but that they're actually finding that healing through giving it to their daughters, which I just yeah. think is so lovely. Yeah, you know? it's so lovely. Um, and, and, and I yeah. do feel, for me, Charmaine, my experience with, with purchasing it for, for a friend, as I said, is, is that it does open up that conversation as well, which is quite cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the thing, this the friend I bought it for, it was funny, I told you the story, but basically she posted something on her story. She's really open about, you know, bleeding and, and periods, and she's really into sort of um, tapping into the cycle of your period. So, like... And you may you would know more about this than I do, and I'm I'm sort of in the process of learning. But around how you know our mood changes through the different stages of our periods, and perhaps when we're doing things like interviews and podcasts, we want to do that in a certain phase, and when we're sort of planning yeah. going out and being more social in a certain phase, and it's it's incredible. Like Absolutely. there's a whole body of knowledge out there about yeah, how to connect with, you know, yourself as a, as a woman, as a cyclical kind of being that I'm only just yeah. sort of opening up to. And I, and I think you've got a guide. Do you have a guide on that? Yeah, and I wrote, I wrote just a small ebook about um, kind of like my experiences and how I healed my menstrual health, because you can read, um, there's some fantastic resources, there's Period Power by Maisie Hill, which I highly recommend, that's where I learned a lot about, which what you're talking about is cycle awareness, um, and about the four seasons within our menstrual cycles that we have a winter, spring, summer, autumn, and that, um, yeah, it ebbs and flows, so Maisie Hill's book is brilliant, because it's kind of cycle awareness, but 
given to us in a way that we it's you know it's our language mm-hmm. um you know girl to girl kind of speak and she drew her inspiration from a book called wild power and the two ladies they're on instagram um and they're amazing their content is fantastic and you know they're kind of like the you know the big guns of kind of like learning about cycle awareness so i definitely would recommend those but my guide is just like an even easier to digest version of that so if you haven't got time to sit down and read a whole book i've literally just said like these are the easy things that i've done it's just a simple way to get started um and just really digestible you know it's, yeah. it's literally anybody can do it you don't have to be um a hippie or into alternative things or it literally is for everybody you know we all we all have a period we can all access um this new way of thinking and it doesn't have to be like it can be if you want it to be but it doesn't have to be all intense all empowering you know yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah and I think that's the key because I I don't know if I'm sort of on in the kind of hippie camp per se but I definitely have gained a lot of um a lot of kind of I guess pleasure in in learning about this and also just benefits like knowing kind of for instance now I've learned that but before my period I don't always feel great in myself and before I used to be like yeah what's wrong with me like why don't I feel good today exactly. whereas now I'm like oh like I'm PMSing you know so you can kind of exactly connect, connect the dots yeah and 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 it's like this understanding that it's okay to be PMSing it's yeah. okay to be blue like I have this saying, which I have always loved, and it's that it cannot bloom all the time. Mm. And um, that's always been my mantra because, you know, we have to have, you know, spring, summer, winter. We do have these seasons and it, it cannot be, flowers cannot be in bloom all the time. That we cannot be constantly blooming. That. We have to, we, we are women and we go up and we come down and we move with the tides. And, you know, we live in a very masculine dominated world and the way that our days are set up the way our society is set up it's very much geared to you know it's a con we're constantly going forward and Mm. as women we don't always want to do that sometimes we need to retreat and we need to hibernate and we need to rejuvenate and um you know it's learning that you know on our downs if we understand that like you say you know okay well it's day so and so of my period it's quite likely I'm going to be low today or I'm exactly. feeling low. You acknowledge it. You it's go and watch your Netflix. You, it's so empowering because, because you're taking you, that control back. And you give yourself yeah. that permission as well. And that's, yeah, exactly. that's the, that's the sort of yeah. key. Yeah. hundred um, percent. No. So I think everyone, anyone that doesn't know about their menstrual cycle should definitely get your guide maybe we'll even link the guide uh, the the ebook sorry in the in the show notes and also get involved with the tea i haven't tried it yet so i can't comment on taste but my friends who have said it's amazing so um yeah ah oh, that's so good to hear and yeah like i've had so many people just say it because again i just you know ultimately yes when you go to the herbalist but it does taste a bit rank the stuff they give you so i wanted to create something that tasted gorgeous it has to be something that um, you know, can be suitable to all different tastes because we're all different. So I worked really hard on it and it is a premium tea and everything's natural. It's all hand blended. It's all made in the UK. So yeah, I've like really worked hard on creating like a beautiful product. And and that's actually something that I want to talk to you about, about that kind of process of starting a business and and hearing about 
I guess, first of all, your background. So what led you to this point to say, oh, I want to start a business? Um, yeah, if we talk about that initially. Sure. Um, so um, initially, I'm an artist, um, first and foremost, before anything. And um, I come from a theatre background. And then I kind of, um, I went to university, I went to the London College of Communication and studied media and culture studies. Um, so I was kind of like, on track, I was going to be an actress. And then I went into directing and writing. Um, and you know, Fundamentally, that is my world. Mm. But I uh, graduated um, in 2009, which is basically the financial crash. And so all the arts funding just got cut. It was like an industry that just, it was the first industry to kind of go. Mm. Um, so it was like a really tough time to graduate. And being at art school was like, a wonderful indulgent experience where I was immersed in creative um, industry and then I it kind of like this. the rug just got taken out from me when I graduated. I hear yeah. this a lot with, <laughs> with the kind of theatre and arts world that like it's just so fun to be in that bubble. It was brilliant. Yeah. I, it makes it me want I want to do it as an adult. <laughs> I want to go and study some creative yeah outlet because I feel like you it would be you, fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was fun but you know it was extremely expensive fun and I you know we I got into a lot of debt and um there's been a lot of pressure since then to um you know make it in in the creative industry and you know that that's been a part of my journey as to how I got to got to running a business because um you I felt like you had to go through one or two ways like you I come from a very working class background you know my parents you know, didn't go to university or anything like that. My mum's a single mum. I wasn't raised by my dad. I didn't know him. So it's like a lot of people that I went to university with tended to come from quite um, privileged backgrounds in terms of their parents would often come from the industry themselves. So they may be like creative people already. And so that path was a little bit more carved out. So for me, I was already battling... Um, that adversity on top of the fact that then it was like the financial crash and it took me just a really long time to even accept myself as being a creative person because where I grew up it wasn't accepted it wasn't the norm you know I was always seen as like an oddball an mm. odd one out and it was pretty much survival of the fittest so I had a lot of that going on as well it was a really tough time uh, just finding an identity so I never had um, the support of like the financial support. I got into drama school to do my master's degree. I got into a really prestigious drama school. I worked really hard to get to that point. It was my dream. Incredible. And then I had to turn it down because I couldn't afford the fees. This is and the it was thing. literally the most crushing thing that mm, happened to me in my 20s. I was so close to getting to where I wanted to go. I'd worked hard since I was a child. To finally get into a school that I really wanted to, you know, it really was my dream. And it, again, it, it got taken away. Yeah. So that like definitely um, led towards, you know, my mental health issues starting to decline. And, um, you know, I had a lot of troubles around that. And I just struggled for like many years. I really was living on the breadline, like living on beans on toast. I would move from house to house to house, like living in London. You know, they were great times, but they were... It, behind closed doors it was really really tough and I was really hustling mm. but I never seemed to have any time to actually just practice my own creative work um and it just got to the point where I would had enough I wanted to start my family and um I was basically it depended on my husband financially 
And I just was like, no, like it's not good enough for me. I, you can either go one or two routes. You can be the starving artist, um, which actually is no honor in that. And it's a really hard place to create when you are constantly worried about money. Yeah, um, I can and I spoke to a good friend of mine. Yeah, it's not, it's not, a, it's not, you know, what is this glamorization like, with with that? Because there does seem to be this. When I came up through it, um, you know, a lot of our idols like Amy Winehouse, Pete Doherty, like, you know, uh, Russell Brand at the time. Obviously, mm. he's gone on now to create a, a beautiful life for himself. But back in the day, like it was it was like we were from rave culture. And it was like really ordinary to go out and drink heavy, to party hard. That kind of rock and, and that roll. That was the culture that I grew up in. Yeah, I really, that really was a thing. Like, you know, it was like we were kind of like late 90s children with teenagers in the noughties and like partying and drinking. That's what everybody did. The binge drinking culture was really rife. Um, and so, yeah, it's like going back to kind of where did this all come from? I, I don't know. I guess it is rock and roll. It was the glamour of rock and roll. But, you know, with Amy Winehouse or whatever, it was quite a stark wake up call with what happened. And, you know, not just Amy, like Peaches Geldof, she was from our generation. Um, it was, yeah, it, it's, it's not, it wasn't a good look. Like, it, you know, it's not going to lead to a good place. And so that was kind of like my path, my trajectory. And I had to pull myself back from that. Mm -hmm. um and and learn basically how to be well and how to live a healthy life and a really good friend of mine we, we spoke about it and he said um something about to to really truly create you have to create a strong foundation and then right. from there you can really begin to create something true and beautiful so is this where you know? then you decided okay I need to make something of myself and that's where I'm going to start the business um yeah so it was David Bowie I think said that there's like no honor in poverty and um I really started to understand that um that in order to create truly create art because again a lot of people turn to art that becomes their career and then it's about the hustle in terms of making money and it often becomes less about the art art that they're mm. making and more about just making sure that you're creating something to um the get paid and yeah, and in the creative industry, uh, you know, you, in order to get funded for things like with the Arts Council and stuff, you have to always be seen to be having like, um, you know, you, you've got to be serving the public in a certain way. And you've got to be ticking certain boxes in order for them to give you the money. And I just got fed up of kind of like selling my soul in yes. order to just do what I want to do, which is ultimately create. And I think it was Francis Ford Coppola that inspired me because he said... Um, he makes his money, the Coppola family make their money in wine and restauranting and they have um, hotels and things. They have this okay. amazing dynasty and then they make the movies that they want to make. And Sophia Coppola has always been one of my, you know, inspiring directors to go to. Incredible. And I just thought that's so right. Like they've got a beautiful life. They're so privileged and they make beautiful work. And I realized like, that's what I want. I want that. Amazing. I want to live abundant lifestyle. You know, I, I want to be able to that. afford things for myself. But um, at the same time, I want to be a creative and I can do both. Yeah, without compromising, like you said, your values and your integrity and what you're about. So you've, yeah, you've essentially launched, yeah. launched this off the back of just a pure desire and passion to create something that will help women that were in the same boat as you, which is, is beautiful. And, and exactly. it, it, it seems to be paying off. And that... That's actually a big message of 
passion pod and what I'm trying to do for myself as well. And, you know, I'm not just to be real, I'm not at the stage, you know, financially in it by any means that, you know, I would be able to sustain, you know, a life <laughs> just creating my podcast and doing my bits that I do there. But that's because I haven't, um, I haven't created sort of the full offering yet. And, and I'm still in that process. And I'm, I'm actually really trying to kind of bear that in mind, because I think as your kind of ideas do evolve, the money thing does start to come in and you go, but will this make money? Mm -hmm. and, and actually, I think that can distract you from, yeah, the purpose and the whole vision behind it. So I love that you've kind of followed this through with just pure, pure passion and, and love for what you do. Yeah, I think that what I've learned along the way in terms of building a business is that two things. One, the more value that you create, for somebody the more you'll get back so if you're looking for financial rewards well how can you help people and the more you help somebody and the more value you give to another human being the more you'll be rewarded back so I think like Tony Robbins talks about that a lot like that's something that you know if you look at someone like Elon Musk for example well he did like the ultimate thing when you look at PayPal I mean how helpful is that to like thousands of people you know I say thousands millions billions of people around the world did he do um, and to take it a step further he created like I didn't even know that yeah, he was behind like how PayPal. he got started really yeah wow. he created okay. PayPal yeah exactly and then from there he went on to electric cars which again yeah. like solves one of the biggest issues that we have in the entire world right and then to go on from that he's now creating rockets he's going to outer space like it's like the ultimate thing of like to solve for the human condition yeah. like how do we get off this planet exactly that's what he does he's, he and taps he gets... into so the bigger value you can create for people then the, you know the, the wealth is uh, reflective is that does yeah. that make sense it makes total sense. exactly it's, yeah it's universal currency that we're not taught right and and this is something I actually signed mm -hmm. a petition yesterday. One of my friends has, um, has set up a, a petition to the UK government to include a class in schools that, that basically covers holistic wellness and everything from, you know, how to manage right. something like applying for a mortgage through to, you know, introducing meditation, yoga, some of the more kind of Eastern practices, because I feel like, we're just not taught those things and we're all about like the money 100%. and it's so business and I don't know how to put it into words but you put it you know very well that essentially we need to be more focused on literally how can I serve what problems can I solve and off the back of that you will be rewarded mm -hmm. but being rewarded shouldn't be your main driver right um exactly that, you know that tends to end up in some kind of failure because at the end of the day you you're on the wrong trajectory it's not sustainable for a long yes. term you know yeah. it's really about the passion should be about how you can help someone how do you create value and yeah. then with that you you get the rewards you know yeah. you mentioned that you know you're your mum to two um and you've obviously transitioned from you know the creative scene into the more kind of business scene which I'm sure has so many kind of overlaps because in order to create your own business, you have to be super creative. You're creating literally something from nothing. So obviously there's, there's so much that 
intertwines there. But I wonder how you juggle kind of the bubbies, still sort of keeping your foot in your creative projects and your business, if you have any tips. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that um, it, you know, anybody that's done it, it's really hard. Like there's no easy way around it. And um, I chose to have the children in my late twenties. So for some people that's young, for some people it's older, but you know, I wasn't established uh, where I wanted to be, but I, wa- I felt ready to birth. I felt like my body was ready. Um, I was lucky enough to have I a partner the language I could share that with. By the way, it is such a funny, <laughs> but you, you have such an eloquent and beautiful way of languaging things. It's... Well, that's the, cre- that's the creative in me. That's the writer. Right, <laughs> that makes actress. sense. I love it. Yeah. 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 That's Sorry. definitely that. Um, yeah, and that's the fusion of the two worlds coming together. Like you said, it's sort of creative in business. It creates something, you know, it's got, creates a different spark. But yeah, um, Having the children, uh, I didn't realize, I was quite naive as to how difficult it would be. Um, and I did suffer after having um, Blossom, my firstborn, because yeah, it was a shock to the system. And so uh, it was a time when uh, social media, when I had the babies, I kind of went off social media. I moved to Margate. I wanted to um, go, you know, as a counterbalance from that tough time I had in my twenties, I went the other way and just wanted to heal, go find myself, go slower. So I moved to the sea, had the babies, and I just kind of shut the world away for a while, kind of turned my back a little bit on like that hustle and that grind. Mm. Then when I returned to social media, everything had popped off. Like, you know, I had friends of mine that suddenly got, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. And I was like, what has happened? I literally was like floored. <laughs> I think, you know, I didn't even, I still had like a Blackberry or something. Like the world had just moved on so quick. Yeah. everything had changed it really um, does and I just felt so out of the mix I was like whoa like how am I ever going to catch up um and it was really hard because when you have children many women will identify that had kids it knocks you sideways you know physically emotionally mentally it changes you from your core like mm. you you become so changed from what you were before having children because as a mother, you know, you, you are constantly tuned into your child. So the anxiety, the worry, the level of care, it's like 24 seven, it's absolutely relentless. Mm. Um, and you do lose your mind a little bit. And we, you know, women, we talk about mum brain or baby brain. We all get it when you're pregnant and it just doesn't really go away. Mm. And I literally just felt mashed. I felt absolutely mangled. And <laughs> I was like devastated. I was devastated about it. I was like, I don't know if I can come back from this. You know, you do have sometimes some women, you have those friends of yours that have children and that's it. That's, that's, that becomes their identity. That's their sort of and that's fine. That's some women. Yeah. Some women love that and, and, that, and that's beautiful. But for me, like that wasn't what I wanted because I hadn't achieved all that I wanted to achieve. Mm. So not only was I still having to achieve, but now I had these two children and, and a marriage and a home life. And when you have babies, everything changes. Like, you know, you can't just do your washing once a week anymore. You, you know, it's like yeah, every single day, like the housework a, and the, the a, daily grind and the routine. Responsibility. You're constantly needed. Exactly. The women's work is is overwhelming. Mm. Um, so how do you... 
start a business within that? How do you continue to be to really ask myself these questions? I was like, I don't want to lose myself. I don't want to be. I studied a lot of feminism, um, particularly at university. And so I was lucky enough to have like access a lot of really incredible texts um, from amazing writers. But I learned about, you know, reading Simone de Beauvoir, like what it means to be a mother and that we, you know, just because we become mothers does not mean that we're not other things. That that mother is one part of your identity, but as women, we are so many other things. And we mustn't allow our children or our men to, to literally like, for want of a better word, like rape us of like our identity. Yeah, like, you're not an all giving vessel that all you do is give, 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 give. As women, sometimes we're so expected to do that. And um, we leave ourselves short. And I don't, you know, I watched my mother do it. And I think many of us do when we have uh, mothers or grandmothers or caregivers, aunties, you know, who become, you know, you love them because they're so giving of their time. But then as you grow older as a woman yourself, you're like, I don't know if I'm made for that. I don't know if I've got it in me to just only be a vessel for everybody else. And or I think, it's healthy. you know, our generation now, it, it's, exactly it, because we were taught, you know, we, as I say, we grew up like, you know, Spice Girl era where it was taught you suddenly we've become, you know, independent women and you've got Destiny's Child singing about it and you're taught be independent, be your own person, but then oh, you have children and you get married <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not being independent anymore like you know the messaging is off you know and I studied a lot about post-feminism and what it meant to kind of pretend that we're empowered but then ultimately we still just want to be like you know we want to be with the baby and the man and you know yeah and have that image of having it all and so I had to really dig deep and I made the decision to go back and do my master's when I was I'd not long had Blossom because I was like I need to get my brain working again like I flat out refused to just let myself go um and it's been like a constant grind ever since to like hold on to that independence and that sense of self and yes that sense of self before I had the children but also like after having the children who am I now that I'm a mother as well and what is that given me and it's given me a hell of a lot of strength um and I have a daughter and it's like what kind of life do I want to set her up for and what kind of woman do I want to show her that she can be and so I don't want to be one of those women that you know I could have been someone you know I because I was an actress and it didn't quite happen I was like no I want her to see that we can you know but it's gonna it's it's a hustle and it's a grind and it, it you know you have to um do a lot and so yeah like that 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 it's a hustle every single day it's it's painful and like you see some women that have got success and they say you know I was a single mother and I made it and women do do it but maybe not everybody's talking about as much as how hard it is because it is difficult and sometimes you have to make difficult choices that you can't always get down on your hands and knees and play with your children but I have two kids and they have each other and it's like go play like you are kids mummy is getting on with mummy things because you know mummy that's what mummy's doing mummy's not a child anymore mummy doesn't need to play with you and I think again like we live in this society now where where like parents overgive their children and I'm a huge advocate for saying like no I I don't remember my mum ever playing with me as a child and I wasn't neglected at all no you know we come from not at all you know it's like your children's world is children's world and that um, I love we don't that. always have to be in, in and you know nurturing of course is of course it's important as a mother like it's not neglect no you know 
the nurture is always there but I like I don't I don't feel like I have to constantly give myself I think it was like Enid Blyton or something like you know the writer the children's writer and she's she writes like the most beautiful children's books but apparently she was like a terrible mother because she would just like neglect her kids to go and write these amazing <laughs> children's stories and I just always found that quite funny this like analogy of like this you know she had the most amazing imagination but when it came to her own children she was hidden away but if she'd been like the all-seeing mother we would never have got her books and I'm sure her children turned out to be well well-bred fine kids you know sure it's like did. if you're a creative woman yeah it's like it's you the longer to, term um, vision you isn't have it? to exactly they're going to grow up one day and they're going to be gone and where am I going to be you know mm. and uh my husband um because Biddy has ramped up a lot recently and I haven't been as um I've had to push my husband to for the balance to be up more with like the housework and the childcare, and there has been some push and pull but you know and he said to me oh you know you're you're in your phone too much and I don't think it's good for the children and I, I said to him for the last five years you my husband earns really good money and when we started out he didn't earn that good money so between within five years of having the children he has just gone up and up and up with his salary and with his role with his career um and that doesn't with his career and that doesn't happen you know overnight somebody is holding it down at home and um I said to him I have been there for the children for everything every appointment every um you know if you go into preschool and watch their show or you know sports day or whatever it is taking them to sing and signing like playing with them in the park like every single milestone I have been there for everything and everything and he hasn't been there for everything he has not he's a fantastic father of course and he does a lot but he hasn't been there for everything and he's just got away with that because that's what's normal he's a man and I said yeah. to him I don't work because he's a man and I don't work outside of the home I work in the home and at the moment we're in a pandemic unfortunately so my what where you've been gone and not being present that's me being in my phone and kind of doing my work that's my version of not being present and I'm sorry but you're gonna have to step in now because Mm. this is my time we've got you to where you are and now I need my time and I think as women it's hard but we have to we have to create that space for ourselves we have to own it yeah and you know I have obviously no experience of of being a mother and and even seeing I grew up with a single mum as well so I've never sort of seen that kind of relationship dynamic you know in my own personal life but I think that's so strong and 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 that's such a good message to to share with other mothers out there that you can have that conversation and it will lead probably to to better outcomes in your relationship because you're going to feel more accomplished in in what you're doing and you know ultimately you have to fill your own cup right if you're not happy and if everything's being taken from you that's like when you you know you become the kind of maiden and that's not what anyone wants exactly anyone aspires no and then that leads to an unhappy household and ultimately you know they the analogy is like when you're on the aeroplane and you know you have the child next to you they teach you to put the gas mask on yourself first and it's the same thing it's like you need to to like you say fill your own cup you know whatever your needs are that that is priority because that ultimately will be leading your kids on a better path because everyone will be happier and your children will be happier as a result. So yeah, I'm a huge advocate for that. And I think 
I think also for, you know, non-mothers, that's such a great analogy as well that, that you can use because I think, like you said, it is, it is this sort of female um, kind of almost ideology that we have that we should be, yeah, these caregivers and non-stop give, give, give. And if you're not that, then, you know, you're sort of looked at as not, being selfish yeah yeah exactly it's selfish whereas if it was on the other foot it wouldn't be wouldn't be the case so yeah that's something that I'm like in a process with as well just yeah. sort of being being more kind of yeah just doing things that make me happy and and hopefully and I know that that will then you know lead to me being able to give more to the people that I do love because it will come exactly. from a place of I want to do it rather than I have to. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. You put it more eloquently than than me, Charmaine, but that's why I've got you on the podcast. Absolutely. And no, it makes sense. sense. <laughs> no, it makes complete sense. And you're right that you don't have to be a mother to understand that. Because I think as well, like in relationships, when we look for men when we're young, or you know, men, women, whatever, like it's we we need, we come from a place of need sometimes. And you know, it's not healthy because ultimately we're only going to attract people the same way is that you know you fill your own cup first no matter what whether you're a mother you're in a relationship or if it's a friendship or if it's um, a work relationship a work dynamic that your needs are paramount really and I think that you know learning to care for the self ultimately is um having a having a good life well it's, you know? it's, it's the biggest it's actually I'm starting to realize it's the biggest act of selflessness which sounds so paradoxical but but it is because if you're full and charged with all of the stuff that you love you can then go out in the world and be that light you can be that energy and you can right. you can share that but if you're sucked and drained and jealous of everyone else achieving all these things then you're just going to be this kind of yeah sucky yeah. kind of not nice you know, who are you serving because uh, yeah ultimately you're creating a bad energy into the world and you you know you're bringing other people down around you and that's not that's like you say it's like doing a disservice to others so ultimately yeah it's like people are better off when you are better off when you're sure. better exactly yeah I think that's a really nice <laughs> nice note to we've solved all the wrongs of the world yes <laughs> I think that's a really nice note to sort of wrap up on um I have a quick kind of lightning round that I just wanted to mm -hmm. run through um, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about where people can find you I feel like you've covered these things maybe I need to re-question it's what is your why so why do you do what you do mm -hmm. um, which I feel like you've covered but is if you could sum it up in a sentence yeah I uh, for me it's always been really important to live my life in alignment to do something that makes me happy you know I never wanted to be one of those people that just did a run-of-the-mill nine-to-five and just served I wanted to do something that I knew I wanted to wake up every day and basically have a passion for mm. that was ultimately my goal and it's taken me a long time to find it but I never gave up that quest for finding that thing that made me passionate mm. I love that. That's so good. And, and I, I think that's such a, 
message as well for people that don't know what they are passionate about right now and and you know I like you say ebb and flow with stuff as well I'm you know some days I'm like what am I even doing like what am I creating is this even going to help people is this what I'm truly passionate about you question that but I think to constantly be on that quest is is beautiful and to not give up because we do all have a purpose I believe and we've got something big to give definitely amazing and um, definitely book, a book that changed your life you mentioned a couple of the uh, the period power by Maisie Hill and another one any others um yeah the women that run with the wolves is a pretty epic one or the second sex by Simone de Beauvoir I suppose <laughs> okay awesome perfect um a quote you live by again I feel like you shared a really nice mantra but it, yeah can you repeat it here it cannot bloom all the time oh yes it cannot bloom all the time I feel like I need to like write that like 10 times in the morning yeah like remind myself it's cool if you're having a bad day I love that um yeah and what is your happy place Charmaine and yeah yeah what is your happy place <laughs> <laughs> anyone that knows me knows me well enough that it'd probably be a hot summer's day in the middle of a field at a festival with a drink in hand listening to a live band or a gig <laughs> just dancing away oh that's my happy place for sure can't wait for those days <laughs> to return yes how nice, oh my how nice will it be to actually do that again oh my god I'm like dreaming of like a nice cop copperberg Heaven. Perhaps kombucha, yeah. depending where I'm at with my sober curious journey. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> either yeah. or would do me nicely. For sure. Music, friends, good times. Awesome. And where can people find you? Where's the best yeah, places to find your work? Um, oh, well, predominantly on Instagram. So um, at Charmaine Benito. And then, of course, Biddy Club. Um, I'm pretty active on there as well. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm IG at the moment, I guess. Amazing. And your teas as well. I'll, I'll link um, your website so that if people want to try out the amazing elixir. Yes. Of healing all of the womb stuff then um, yeah no yeah. please do and you know any questions about any of that like you know don't you know feel free to ask me I just my dms are always like full of people just telling me about their period stories and it's just so lovely like I love Erin I love helping people with that um so any questions of course like we're always there and the tea's gonna go for a little bit of a rebrand soon so it's gonna be like a really exciting time to kind of follow the account um and just yeah start to see the the brand evolve a little bit so yeah I'm really excited for the next few months that is exciting. Oh, I'll definitely keep an eye out for new packaging and stuff. Exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. I loved chatting to you in a longer form oh, conversation. Um, yeah, it's been yeah. wonderful. I feel like we could just talk forever. <laughs> Me too, Charmaine. Me too. Oh, that was such a beautiful episode and I am so grateful to have had Charmaine on. She really did open up and share so much of us. And it takes a lot of courage and bravery to do that. So yeah, if you if you really enjoyed this and if you got something from this podcast, which I'm sure you will have, then please do go and check out all of Charmaine's incredible creativity on her Instagram and with Biddy. And 
go check out the passion pod as well over on instagram you can find all of the links the links to the books the links to charmaine's ebook and our handles in the show notes so thank you so much for listening and i can't wait to see you next time ciao for now